now in our nation, statistics tell us that most churches are either stagnant or in decline with a number of, of those churches, with a good number of those churches being in steep decline. That are, those are the statistics. Most churches have flatlined or they are declining. The predominant amount of churches or, and a good number are in steep decline. Those same statistics tell us across our nation that church attendance is down, that baptisms are down, that giving is down. Those statistics tell us uh, those surveys that were taken, that overall commitment to the church is down. People will no longer commit to the church, and that, that statistic also is down. Statistics today also say the value given to the church, the value that people will ascribe to the church, is perhaps at an all-time low. Those are the trends going on in our world right now. And yet, I want to tell you this morning God has big plans for the church. God has big plans for the church. More than that, I want to tell you this morning that the world needs the church. More than any time in the history of our world, the, church need, the world needs the church of Jesus Christ. And at the same time, God has big plans for the church. Well, here's the question. Well, how does that reconcile with those statistics? The world needs the church. God has a plan for the church. How does that ever reconcile with those statistics? Here's what I believe. I believe today the church has lost what it means to biblically function as the church. I believe the church has lost what it is to actually be the New Testament church. And we are suffering and the church is suffering and more than that, a lost world looking for Jesus Christ is suffering. Friends, I wanna tell you this morning as we move along in our study of Acts, it is high time today that the church would be the church. Well, the good news is this. The answer is right here. Our roadmap is right here. God's direction, God's directing is found right here. This morning our message is entitled, When Playing Church Won't Cut It. When Playing Church Won't Cut It. We're in Acts chapter four, verses 23 through 31. Acts chapter four, today verses 23 through 31. I'm gonna ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the reverence and the honor of the reading of God's word. Acts chapter 4, beginning here in the 23rd verse, and God's word says this. When they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David your servant said, why do the Gentiles rage and the peoples devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. 
And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place to the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I'm thankful for our Savior. Lord, I'm thankful for Jesus Christ, our hope, our future, our peace. I'm thankful for the finished work of the cross that no work can we ever do, no, no, no system can we ever ascribe to that was gonna bring salvation and yet you finished it at Calvary. Lord, we're forgiven by faith in Christ. We're restored, we're redeemed in Christ. And so I'm thankful for the cross of Calvary. Lord, I'm thankful for the church of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that as we move through Acts that we, your church, your people would be instructed. I pray that we would be corrected if need be, that we would be convicted, that we would be, in, we would be led, we would be encouraged. And I pray for the church to be your church and to exist as the church in these last days. Lord, I pray that you would again speak to us today. I pray it would be supernatural. Pray that we would be changed in our hearts and in our minds. I pray, Lord, for anyone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ. Anyone here, that, Lord, that doesn't have peace by settled faith in Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that today would be the day of their salvation. All to your glory. All to your glory. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We submit this to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Again, let me start off and be very clear this morning. God has big plans for the church. Sometimes we lose sight of that. Sometimes uh, we may miss that. But I want you to be very sure as we start today, God has big plans today for the church. And while the, the world has now decided not to value the church, and while maybe many in the church have given up on the church, God today has plans, big plans for his church. He has plans for it to be a beacon of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has plans for it to be a herald of the good news by which we're saved. He has plans to lead many people that are suffering in darkness home through the, through the influence and the witness of the church. He has big plans to glorify Jesus Christ through the church. Yes, today God has big plans for the church. Well, the question then is, what will it take for those plans to be enacted? What, what will it take for that to happen? God has big plans for the church, but that's not what we're seeing in the church today. What would it take for, for God's plans to unfold and Christ to be glorified in his church? Well, today in our verses, I believe we're gonna see the ingredients. I believe we're gonna see the pieces necessary for the church to be the church. Now, I think this is very profound. I, I said it last week and I thought about it all this week. Isn't it interesting that the church in the first days is being used to instruct the church in the last days? 
You know what? Very soon Jesus is going to come again. Very soon the trumpet is going to sound. Very soon those outside of a relationship with Christ are going to perish. And God in his infinite wisdom is using the history of the church in the first days to instruct the church in these the last days. So here in our verses we're going to see five things that were evident then and five things that are necessary now. And I want you to think about this. Maybe you want to write them down. Five things that were present, that were evident then, and five things in these last days that are necessary now. Now, remember the context here. Peter has preached to the Sanhedrin, the very people that killed Jesus. There was no light threat there. These were the folks that, that actually carried out the crucifixion of Christ. And he preaches to the Sanhedrin, And as he has finished his message, they have told him enough. They have threatened Peter. They have threatened John. And we read last week, Peter and John have responded and they have said, we cannot, literally translates, we are not able to not testify to what we have seen and heard. Now they say not that we will not, they say we cannot we are not able not to testify to the gospel that we have seen and we have heard. Well, the Sanhedrin threatens them further and the Bible says, let's them go. That is our context today. We are not able to stop testifying to the gospel of Jesus and they threaten them further and they release them. And that brings us to our verses, starting in verse 23. When they had been released... They went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Now, as we move through these verses, we're going to see these big things. When they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. The first piece that we see in our, in our verses today is this. The church is to be our people. The church is to be our people. Now see this, this is no small thing. The church is to be our people. Notice here, they are released. They could have gone home to Galilee. They could have gone home. They, they could have gone on the run. They could have said, no, I've, I've heard all the threats that I'm gonna need to hear. They could have taken off and gone on the run. They could have just gone somewhere to sit down for a while. You know what? That was a stressful ordeal. I need to just sit down and rest for a while. But the Bible says they went to their own companions. It translates to their own company. It literally translates they went to their own people. Now understand, it wasn't just the other apostles. Some say that. But rather it was all the disciples. It was, it was the church, the church that was growing, those that had, had received the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so understand, when the threat was real, when the crunch was on, when the mission was at stake, they went to their own people. Folks, get this today, see this today. The church, those saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, those filled with the Holy Spirit of God, those placed together in God's own plan, they are our people. The church, these are our people. Church is not a club. The church is not a building. The church is not a place. 
The church is a people, and listen to me, if we're ever gonna see God move, these have to be our people. The world is factitious. The world is divisive. But in the church, unified in Jesus Christ, we are to be a people. Friends, I was thinking about this. It's no wonder the church is not valued today. It's no wonder the church is not effective today. It's no wonder we're not seeing God move in the church today. We go to churches today and we've got this group over there. And we've got this faction over here. And we got these people with this issue. Oh, let me tell you about my issue. And we got these people and they're whispering these things over here. And listen to me, as long as that is true, we will not, we will not see God move in the church. The church is to be our people. It ought to be like a gang. The Bloods and the Crips ought to be scared of the church. You know what? I'm walking through town and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and you don't like me, but you know what, brother? You like to mess with my people. And I got a people, my people. We pray for each other. We, we help each other. We support each other. Listen, we don't tear each other down. We defend one another. Oh, you're talking about my people. No, that's never going to stand. That's my people. They go, and they give the report, and they gather with their people. First piece that needs to be present in the church is a people. They go and they give the report, they tell the threat, and then see the response. Verse 24, actually the very first part of verse 24 says this. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord. Now we'll come back and pick up the second half of that. And when they had heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord. The verse says they lifted their voices to God with one accord. Oh, Lord, here, that is, that is a title. It translates sovereign Lord. That's how they decide they're gonna, they're gonna approach the Lord. He is, he is the one in charge. He is the one that is over all things. So, of course, they would come to the Lord. Now, I want you to see in this, in this verse, verse 24, this is an awesome picture of the church. Now, I want you to walk through this, and I want you to see this. This is an awesome picture of the church. They, plural, they, many, lifted their, their, plural, their, many. Voices, voices are plural, voices, many. They lifted their voices with one accord. It, it translates, the one accord translates with one mind, with one passion. Now, I want you to see this. This is very awesome. In their prayer, there are many voices, 
but there is one mind. Now, see the picture of what happens here. They go, and there's a gathering of the church, and I don't know how many are there, but however many are there, they tell them the report, and there are now many voices with one mind. Now, listen, this wasn't one guy at the front that was praying. This was many voices praying with the same goal, with the same intent, and the same purpose. Understand, see the picture, this is a choir of prayer. The news comes back to the church and the church is there gathered and the response is there is a choir of prayer and the prayer is offered up to the Lord. The church is to be a people, yes. But we're to be a praying people. We're to be committed to prayer. The church is to be found at prayer. When you walk up on the ministry, the meeting of the church, it ought to be found in prayer. The church is consistent in prayer. The church is to be fervent in prayer. And I want you to see this. This is all of us. Not one of us, not some of us. This is all of us. We are a people of prayer. Let me, just, let me just say this. Satan has lied to us and Satan has bullied us and the world has so gotten to us that there's a whole bunch of folks in the church that say, oh, I never prayed at the church. Oh, I, 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 never, I never pray in front of people. I never pray in the meeting of the church. They, 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 that's that person. They, 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 they've got that. I'm just going to spectate. How absurd. The church was there when the, when the news came in. All of these believers, all of them filled with the Holy Spirit of God, they reigned out in a choir, a chorus of prayer offered up to God. The church is to be a praying people. Let me tell you this, and until it is, I doubt, I seriously doubt that God's gonna move in the church. I doubt that we're ever gonna seriously accomplish his purpose. We're to be a church that prays. Very awesome thing. Sunday nights, sometimes in our, our praise and prayer service, we would get into groups. Some of you remember, and we would pray around the group. And, and, and somebody would leave, but we might go and pray around the group. And it was always a very awesome thing to stand up here and to hear prayers going up. And prayers going up. And you know what? Worship our answers in, in prayer. And we're praying over here. And you know what? We heard their issue back there. Prayer is going up back there. That is this picture. It is a choir of prayer. The church is to be a people of prayer. All right, moving on. Verse 24, the rest of the verse now. And when they heard this, they lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, Oh Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. God, you are the creator. God, you are the designer. God, that wouldn't have happened if you weren't powerful. God, you're sovereign. You're over all things. God, you are the creator. Now listen to verses 25 and 26. Who by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, why did the Gentiles rage? And the people devised futile things. The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together 
against the Lord and against his Christ. Now that may not make a lot of sense on the first pass, but what they're doing here is they are quoting Psalm 2. It's actually the first two verses this afternoon. You can go look it up. It's the first two verses of Psalm 2. And so they break out in prayer and they quote, they cite those verses, they quote those verses and then see this, verses 27 and 28. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. Now I want you to notice what happens here. They are, they are making a connection here. The light is going on here. They have seen the scripture fulfilled. Now I want you to notice this. In verse 25 and verse 26, they say this is what you said would happen and they quote Psalm chapter two, this is what you said would happen. And now in verse 27 and 28, they say, and this is what actually happened. Be sure not miss this. Their understanding of what was happening was determined by scripture. This is what you said would happen, and we were looking around, and this is what actually happened. Their understanding of what was happening was informed by scripture. That brings us to the third thing. They are a people unified in Christ. They're a people. They are a praying people, a people committed to prayer. They ran, their instinct was to pray together. They are, third thing, a word-driven people. They were a Bible-driven people. We need to get this today. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot operate as the people of God apart from a commitment to the word of God. It's not a church. I don't know what it is, but it's not a church. I want you to hear that again. You cannot operate as the people of God apart from a commitment to the word of God. Brothers, sisters, I want you to hear me today. Mark it down today. The church is not built upon emotion. The church is not built upon experiences. The church is not built upon personalities. The church is not built upon the things that we like, the programs that they have, the singing that we enjoy, or anything else. The church is built upon the truth of the word of God. We're a people of the word. That's why in the church, that's our mission. We, we teach it. Well, listen, I'd like to do something else. No, we teach the word of God. We study the word of God. We put it into our kids. We teach it to our youth group. We study it as adults. We stand on the word of God that we as the church would proclaim the word of God. Listen, not just me. We do that. You do that. I do that. We stand on the word of God. There's a, whole lot of, there's a whole lot of studies going on. People are scrambling around. Our, our national convention is scrambling around. And they're trying to figure out these issues in the church. And there's, there's books and there's seminars on, on church attendance and church growth. 
and there's things trying to figure out, well, if you'll do this and you'll do that, you want to know why baptisms are down? You want to know why God's not known to move in the church anymore? It's because this, listen to me, self-help doesn't save you. Counseling advice doesn't save you. Mickey Mouse devotions, they do not save you, but I want you to be very sure the word of God is powerful. The word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. The word of God does not return empty-handed. And so we as the church, we stand on the word of God. There's a new thing. I don't know what the old thing really was, but I'm going to tell you there's a new thing that has sprung up in the last 15 years. I thought it was a joke at first. It's a true story. And I, I'm going to tell you just so you'll know, so you'll be aware. It's actually very, very common. And that is this. There is a movement today of churches, pastors, pulpits, buying their sermons on the internet. It is very, very common. Uh, what happens is you go online, there's a whole bunch of places, Sermon Central, Sermon Spice, there's a whole, whole bunch of these places. And you go on there and you, and you can scroll through the sermons and you pick the one that you like and you click on it. And listen, it gives you the sermon and it gives you the jokes to tell. Now, I'm not joking. Gives you the illustrations to use, choice of three. Gives you the verses that you're gonna pull in. It gives you the PowerPoint that you can put on your screens. One of them even came with a free T-shirt. And I saw the knucklehead that preached it in the free T-shirt. True story. You can get a whole series. Easter coming up, how about six sermons? Christmas coming up, the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ, God incarnate, like there's not enough information on that. You can buy your Christmas sermon series. It is absolutely everywhere. Now let me just say this, and I'm dead serious. If the pastor's commitment to the amazing, astonishing, powerful word of God can be reduced to a package set that you put on a credit card, God help us now. You want to know why the church is dying? You want to know why, why no one sees value in the church? It's because those things don't save anybody. But the Bible says of itself, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God. We are ministers of the word of God in the church. Now these people, they so knew the scripture, they so trusted the scripture that their understanding of what was happening was determined by the scripture. You know what? This is happening to us. They ha this happened to Christ. Well, you know what? That is exactly what Psalm 2 said would happen. What their understanding of, going, of what's going on is determined by scripture. Listen, in the church, we are to be a people of the word of God. All right, next, verses 29 and 30. And now, Lord, take note of their threats. And grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. Verse 30, while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Here in verse 29 and verse 30, we have recorded their actual prayer. This is actually what they pray. Now listen to this. Lord, they start off and they say, Lord, it's the same word, ruler. 
sovereign Lord, the one in control. Lord, you're the one in control. Lord, take note of their threats. Now the issue, be sure and understand, the issue is they could be killed. The issue is this is a serious thing. They could be killed for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The cross is not that far in the distance. They remember that. These folks have been threatened. The issue is they could be killed for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants. Now, I like this part, your bond servants. Notice, notice that, that that word translates slave. Here's what they say in the midst of this. We're marked as your slave. Most of them might have a hole punched in their ear to mark as the the permanent ownership of, of of the owner of the plantation. What they're saying is here's we're not going anywhere. Lord, we're gonna we're gonna follow you, we're gonna submit to you, but we belong to you. We're your slaves. Lord, we're your bond service, we're not going anywhere. Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond servant may speak your word with confidence. With confidence means with boldness, with assurance, it means without fear. While you heal and do signs and wonders. Now I want you to see this. These weren't another ministry that were gonna go on. These were part of the same ministry. They're gonna preach the word of God and the signs are going to testify. They're gonna validate the word of God. It's all part of the same ministry. And so see this, under the threat of death, under such great duress, under such great stress, the the choir of prayer is not that they would be delivered. Did you notice that? They didn't say, Lord, remove the threat from us. The choir of prayer is not that it would be made safe. No, the choir of prayer is that they would be made useful. Oh, that we'd get that in the church today. Oh, that we would understand that in the church today. Our goal is not to be comforted in the church. It is not to be satisfied in the church. It's not to be served and appeased and catered to in the church, but rather it is that in the days of darkness, in the days of duress, as the world is looking for a savior, oh, that somebody would tell us of a savior, the the prayer of the church is that we would be useful in the church. Good grief, we've gone wrong here. Good grief, grief, we've mixed that up. My goal and your goal is that God, with so much going on, on, with so much on the line, with so much at stake, God, my prayer, the burning desire of my heart is that you would use me, use me, use me. The cry of the church, oh, dear Lord God, use me. We're to be a united people. We're to be a praying people. We're to be a word-driven, Bible-driven people. Listen, We're to be a useful people. I'm not talking about some. I'm talking about all of us. Dear God, in the last days, please use me. Last one, fifth one, we're done. We are to be a Holy Spirit-empowered people. A Holy Spirit-empowered people. Verse 31 now. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And this is an actual little literal account. And when they had prayed, 
Now, I want you to picture that. They, they leave, they go. They don't go home. They come there. They tell them what's happened. They tell them of the threats. They tell them they're going to kill us like they did Christ. They break out and they just start praying one mind but many mouths and they pray and they pray and their prayer is, God, use us, make us bold in the proclamation of your word. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were filled, all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. When they had prayed, and the choir of their voices wasn't just a duty. Wasn't just for show. It was actually the cry of their heart. God, make us bold. In light of their threats, God, make us bold. And the place was literally shaken. And the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now listen to me, it doesn't mean this is another event of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean this is another Pentecost. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They had received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He didn't run out and they had to, to fill back up. What it means here when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, it means that the church is totally submitted to the Holy Spirit, totally in tune with the Holy Spirit, totally led by the Holy Spirit of God. They are empowered by the Holy Spirit of God and, and the result is this, they began to speak the word with boldness, not of their own accord, not of their own power. They began to speak in the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God with boldness. Let me tell you this, we, we must be in the church empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. We must be in tune listening to the Holy Spirit of God, submitted obedient to the Holy Spirit of God. And then I want to tell you, listen, the power engine of the church is the Holy Spirit of God. The, the, the engine that drives the witness of the church is the, the Holy Spirit of God. We must be spirit-led, spirit-empowered in the church today. God has big plans for his church. And let me, let me just... Cut to the quick today. God has big plans for this church. But our town's dying. We've lost 6,000 residents in our county in the last 20 years. Our town's not what it was. Our, our schools aren't what they were. The people aren't what they were. I, I want you to hear me. God has plans, big plans for this church. The world needs this church. And I, I want to tell you on the authority of the word of God, he will use us if we will submit. Here's the main question then. So do you want it? Do you want it? Here's the problem. I think we've become content. I, I'm content to come and go. You know what? I haven't seen anybody baptized in a while. That's fine. We're having lunch at noon. We're, we're content to say, you know what, I've got things and I'm busy and I'm, I'm not able to come and hear the word of God as it's taught. I'm not able to bring my kids and hear the word of God as it's taught, but that's all right. We've got baseball, we've got softball. It's all right, we'll catch up somewhere down the road. 
We've become content in a world that's crying out for a lost and, and, and for a world that's lost and, and crying out for a savior to take care of ourselves. Listen, the cry of the church is in these days until you come again. Use me and use me and use her and use him and use us all. Glory be to Christ. My lands, what could be more important? My lands, they came back and they thought we're all gonna die. Listen, our cry is they're all gonna die. What could be more important? He's got big plans for this church. He's got big plans for this church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come. Lord, I, I tell you, I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me when I become distracted, when I become concerned about things that are not eternal. Things that will not matter past two weeks, for sure not past the grave. Lord, forgive us as a church when we become distracted and we think it's about us being satisfied, us being served. And Lord, help us today in the filling of the Holy Spirit of God and in the direction of the Word of God and loving our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah of God, to be a people of integrity that would cry out in our services, God, use me. We'd cry out in our beds at night, God, use me. Our kids, our fifth graders, our eighth graders, our, our seniors in high school, God, use me. Our retired folks, God, until you come, use me. God, use us all for your glory. God, maybe you need to wake us up. We have your word. God, God, speak to us. And I pray that this church would exist for the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. God, use us. Lord, I pray for some in this service, somebody here today that doesn't know you. Lord, that's the urgency of all of this is that they would know you. Lord, you know that. I, I come and I ask that in the hearing of the gospel, the hearing of a Savior, that today they might trust you. Today they might put their faith in you. And today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, let this, let this day serve that purpose. We come and we say we love you, we worship you, we praise you. And I pray in Christ's name, in Jesus' name, amen.